This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Brought to you by Dext. This is Best Practice in Accounting, where Martin Bissett, myself, Rob Brown, bring you the very best of what we know to work in the accounting profession for you professionals and the fintech industry that serves themselves to and through them. Martin, you've had a consulting career of many, many years. You know the difference between what really works and a strong track record and real results and the hype and the hot air that is out there with all kinds of gurus claiming all kinds of silver bullets. But I know you're a big fan of stories case studies of what really works. What's on your mind today? So I'm not going to get two Beverly Hillbillies on you, Rob, but here's a story <laughs> about a man named Jim. Now, only people over the age of 400 will remember uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. So most baby boomer accountants then? This is something, guys, that's a business model for you that you may not be used to, or you may not have heard of, but I'm going to link two stories together from the consulting career here, one ancient and one modern for you. Starting with the ancient, I was sat in a uh, training session, let's call it, in central London. And as the trainer went around the room, I was a delegate asking everybody to announce themselves and who they were and what their background was. The guy sat next to me gets up. Um, he says, I'm so-and-so and I don't do anything. And so of course the trainer said, what do you mean? And he said, well, what I do is that I win clients for my accounting practice, but then I outsource 100% of the work. And you know, I, if, I, if it's tax, I give it to my tax outsourcer. And if it's payroll, I give it to my payroll outsourcer. If it's bookkeeping, I give it to my bookkeeping outsourcer. It doesn't, and I make a markup on all of their services, and I'm simply the broker who makes it all happen under the guise of my brand and my practice. And I make £400,000 a year for myself in doing this. That's a very elegant business model. It certainly is. Uh, so no people, no overhead, no anything. He just simply goes out, wins clients, and then gives them to the relevant person. And the trainer said, so what are you doing here today at this course? He says, I'm bored. I have nothing better to do. <laughs> wow. True story. True story. Now, that was, up until that time, the only time I'd heard about an accountant choosing to fully outsource all functions of their practice to various service providers and simply make a markup. That was until this week when I came across it in a second practice for a second time. And what's happened here is the practice hasn't decided to go, oh, we're going to outsource everything. But what they've done, Rob, is they've said, we are sick and tired of the talent fight. We are sick and tired of paying overinflated in prices because of what talent can get in industry for the same job. We are sick and tired of having people use us as a stepping stone to bigger practice. We are sick and tired of having low quality applicants come through our recruitment process. And overall, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So from there, they, through one of their team members, existing team members, they learned about someone who ran a um, bookkeeping business overseas. But we're familiar with all UK regulations, all UK processes, all UK software. So a conversation ensued, and this practice chose to just take some small clients, ones that they wouldn't miss if they lost. I said, okay, overseas bookkeeper, sort those five out for me. And they did. Test cases. Yeah, test cases for an agreed price. And then it became 10 and it became 15. And ultimately it became the entire client base that requires that service. And all that happened was a figure was agreed 
with the overseas provider and a markup, a UK markup was applied for the practice. So the practice was earning £20 an hour for doing nothing at all. Well, that was the markup, £20 an hour. Yeah, that was the markup. £20 an hour, or that I should say, present tense, is the markup. So then they decided, okay, what else can we do this with? How far can we take this? (laughs) Their goal, their strategic plan now is within, the timescale's a bit woolly, so I'll say about six years from now, within six years to model themselves upon that person who sat next to me all those years ago in Russell Square in London and do that test case first, then more, then more, then more, and simply be a hub. They be the hub of the marketing. They bring in the inquiries. They get the referrals through their longstanding reputation, and they outsource the work to individual contractors and then get their show. Here's their new spin. They still keep a team with them. So they still got a team in-house. And that team's job is to monitor the quality of the outsourcer's work. And so basically, the outsourcer is given the job. The team member in-house monitors the quality of the work, signs it off, send it to the client and saying, this is good enough. And through the markup made by the practice, they can afford to run both and still be profitable at the same time. That's fascinating because I've just written down here, customer service, who owns the client, who looks after the client, who picks up the phone to the client, who answers queries, who even has advisory conversations beyond mere compliance with the client. So that in-house team would do that. They would be frontline, would they? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's a sort of a portfolio approach, if you like, um, because they all have, you know, the, the client is handled by a number of people. Um, but interestingly, profitability up 40% in the time. Now, that's not profitability at 40%, that's profitability up 40% from where it was. So this is a best practice in accounting show. The question mark from the listener, or maybe several questions from the listener, but is it ethical? You know, uh, to send jobs over abroad, that's the, the, send jobs overseas. That's a typical um, response that we get. Um, how do you monitor the quality of the work? What happens if they disappear on the face of the earth? What happens if they corrupt the client data? What happens if they get the calculations wrong? All of these are legitimate concerns, but quality control play, um, procedures have been put in place by this practice to deal with and be ready with all of all for all of these eventualities. In the meantime, they have the money to pay for anything that might go wrong or to to see out the bad times. So. Is this a best practice in accounting? What's well, the best practice for this practice? That's for sure. For our listeners, is to decide what's best for them. Martin, let me ask you a question about this. Does the client know that the work is being outsourced here? No, they don't. Would it matter if they did? It's an interesting question. Client by client, you'll get a different answer depending on each one. Is it required for the accountant to disclose who is doing the work? No. Does the client actually care who is doing the work? Do they know who's doing the work? If in any given accounting practice, do they know who's doing the work? Well, no, they could get a result. They get a result with whoever it is they deal with, their point of contact. That point of contact brings a year-end set of accounts. With my accountant, I don't know who's doing the work. I know who I'm told is doing the work, but I don't stand over them while they do it. I don't know who does my work. I know who I'm told does my work. But if I was to work, if I was to find out magically that it's somebody else, somewhere else, do I care? If the quality is right, no, I don't. Would you care, though, if you are being charged £30 an hour for your bookkeeping and the firm is make, marking up £20 of that and paying some outsourced company £10 an hour, would that change the way you negotiate your fees for that work? If, if, I, if I knew that, and why on earth a practice would tell me that, I don't know. They're <laughs> flitting their own throats. It's a well-kept secret, isn't it? <laughs> but if I knew that, of course, I would negotiate because that's me. But the, from, from a generalist point of view, 
if I'm getting the same quality of services I can expect elsewhere for the same or better price, I'm not going to question it. Yeah. So let's bring this home, Martin. We know the war for talent is on. We know the drain out of accountants in practice to industry or even other professions, fintech. So talent is difficult to keep it and to bring it in. Outsourced solutions have always been on the table, but we're talking about taking this a step further. What is the big takeaway for accountants and owners, leaders of accounting firms listening to this? That there is more than one business model that they can adopt. So typically they are taught a certain way, structured a certain way, price a certain way, cost things a certain way, uh, as if there was only one way possibly of doing it. Well, before we even go into fixed and value pricing, for examples, there are several business models that an accountant can look at. Ron Baker talked about the professional service firm model against the professional knowledge firm model, how one's based on revenue and the other's based on profitability. And for an accountant, the idea of this story uh, being given to them is to say, is there a low performing service line in your practice that nevertheless you need to run because the client requires it? And is there a more profitable way of delivering it while maintaining quality? Let's start having those kinds of conversations and thought processes at board level. It's potentially a game changer that would allow accounting firms to be much more competitive and get less embroiled in the war for talent. Martin, that's been excellent. Thank you so much for those insights on best practice in accounting. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world. Brought to you by Dext. Thank you.